you have to evolve. That's part of this. Once again, we're not the same. We're meant to evolve. I mean, that's just the human race, right? So you have to take a personal stake in your own evolution. And that's, once again, like I said, evaluating what's working for you and what's not. What's working for your family, what's not. What's working in your profession, what's not. Welcome to Navigate's People First podcast. Thank you all for joining us and continue to subscribe. Like our podcast if we are bringing value to you. I'm flying solo today on this episode, but Jeremy will be back next month along with a few other members of our uh, Navigate team as we will be having a roundtable discussion on the state and the trends in the health and well-being space and uh, looking forward to that. Our topic today centers around having a growth mindset. And this month, I'm really thrilled to welcome a friend and someone who definitely has a growth mindset, my friend, Kenyon Murray. Kenyon is a coach. He's the owner of Murray Legacy Management. He's vice president of the Murray Family Foundation. He's a wonderful keynote speaker for a number of times, and he's a host of Leave Your Legacy podcast. Kenyon has dedicated his life to helping individuals cultivate a growth mindset, achieve their full potential. Kenyon inspires and motivates people every single day. So can't wait for you to meet him and actually amplify his message for all of you out there listening. Kenyon, welcome to the show. And thanks so much for your time, my friend. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me. I'm I'm excited. And this is cool to be on somebody else's podcast for once. So (laughs) I know we've got expectations today because I've been listening to Kenyon's podcast for a long time and uh, some wonderful guests and, and it's a good flow. But Hey, Kenyon, just for the folks that, that don't know you, give us a little bit about your story, your journey. It's just amazing. And just would love to hear a little bit of your background and, and the journey and, and perhaps where you're at and your family's at today. So give us a little bit of a, a background, will you? All right. I'll try to keep this clip notes version. 92, I came from Battle Creek, Michigan to play basketball at the University of Iowa for Dr. Tom Davis. And it was a great experience, obviously, coming from Michigan. A little bit different than Iowa, but this has been home since 92. So I was able to have a pretty good career, four-year starter. I never missed a game in my entire career, which is kind of crazy. Amazing. Now, yeah, to think about that now, I think it's like 122 straight games or something like that. Graduated with a degree in English and actually played a couple years of professional basketball. And my career got cut short with injuries and came back to Iowa and, and met my wife, Michelle, who... We just celebrated our 24th year of marriage and yeah, things went kind of quick. We met and within like six, eight weeks, I think we were engaged and then we were married a year later. Then on our first anniversary, we had three week old twins. <laughs> so we know, you know, yeah, we we're actually uh, just talking about that today, but yeah, no, and I obviously settled in Cedar Rapids, got into the pharmaceutical and, and medical device sales. I've been doing that up until about two years ago and really enjoyed it. I think that journey was crazy because part of our story is the fact that marriage and life has a lot of ups and downs. And, you know, I was chasing things back then that really are are pretty frivolous when you look at it today, but was chasing them in such a way that it, it almost cost me my marriage because of that. And so what God really revealed to me is that. I can be a coach. It's just in other areas. I was always striving to be this division one head coach or whatever, but 
I think God revealed that I was a coach every day in life with the kids in the house and coaching Chris and Keegan and McKenna through their basketball career. That was kind of my thing. So we're pretty blessed <laughs> when it comes to what our kids are doing. So we uh, adopted a kid when he was 17. He came to live with us and no one in his family had ever gone to college, but he went to college, graduated, he has his master's degree. And now he teaches and coaches at Iowa City West. Chris and Keegan, back-to-back first-round draft picks in the NBA. So Keegan's with the Kings. You can see my one of the jerseys behind me, and, and Chris's is, in, is on the wall too, but he's with the Trailblazers. And then our daughter, McKenna, you know, she's a senior, just got accepted to Oregon. She's going to go to school. She's done playing sports after high school, which I applaud her for. It's like, hey, I don't want to put my body through that because she had opportunities to play after high school. But yeah, that's kind of where we are now, you know, and just living life. And I'm the head coach at Cedar Rapids Prairie for the girls varsity team. And it's a very, very busy life, but it's a life that is full. And we know that the journey is just beginning for us. And we just can't wait to see what we can do as a family with the platform that we have now. And, and obviously kind of riding on the coattails of Chris and Keegan, their generosity has been abundant when it comes to pouring back into the community here in Cedar Rapids or Iowa City. And hopefully we'll have that same kind of impact in Portland and Sacramento. I'm glad you hit on that one. Congratulations. You got, I mean, from Demetrius coaching and McKenna going out to Oregon. We don't want to lose you in Iowa, but I'm guessing you're going to spend a lot of time in the Northwest with everyone out there. And Kenny and I have known each other for going on almost 30 years now. I think he's a little bit older than me. I think he's got a birthday coming up here in a couple of weeks, if I'm right. Yeah, 13 days, I'll be 50. I wanted to have you on here because I've seen you as a player. I've seen you as a professional player. I've seen you as a coach. I've seen you work with kids at Indian Hills that that had some tough lives and and helped cultivate them to the next level to get an education and play at a D1 level. I've seen the foundation that you've set with Chris and Keegan over this time of not a lot of first-round draft picks come out of Iowa, the state, let alone two in the same family. and. When you think about emphasizing the importance of continuous learning, self-improvement, you talk about cultivating that growth mindset in the four E's. Where do you go with that, Kenyon? And how does that influence your journey and and help your family build that foundation of, of where they're at today? It's been an incredible journey. And honestly, the four E's and where we are today is it actually came out of turmoil. Michelle and I almost separated and divorced five years ago. And out of that, I had to really look in the mirror and figure out what I wanted to be, who I wanted to be, what did I want my legacy to be? There was a lot of tough things that I had to dig up, uncover things that I had packed down over years. And part of that was really looking in the mirror and being accountable and really doing a hard self-evaluation to move forward. And that's really where the four E's came out of it. I realized now that I was kind of building these things, but I had just never utilized them, I knew that I had to change my ways. And so part of that's the first C is established habits. You know, I think we all have good habits and bad habits, right? And it's a constant evaluation of what's good for us. Like what we did when we were 20, as far as what we ate, how we slept, those kind of things to what we do now at almost 50 totally different, right? So you have to change your habits. And part of that is really figuring out, okay, what works for me in this chapter of my life? That's where the first you comes into is just understanding that you have to establish some kind of framework for how you want to live your life spiritually, 
mentally, financially, physically, all those kind of things. And you have to really put in place habits that affect all that. And it can be kind of daunting when you think about it, right? Like you're thinking about like all this stuff, but that's really where it came out of. It came out of the fact that I had to make a change to be a better man to one, put myself in a place where I can be the best version of myself every day. And doing that would allow me to be a better husband, better father. And so that's where the first one all started. It's just like, I got to figure out what I want. And then I got to put these things in play. You continue to talk about as you build out, and I've heard you speak about your four E's and like how purpose plays a tremendous part in that, in our development. It's like, we all get to work. We all earn a living. We figure out what we need to do, rather be pharmaceutical sales or building a technology company or whatnot. But then we start to look back and say, okay, this is a, our purpose. You know, when I think about when we started Navigate, I didn't really think about building a technology company. I tried to build something that HR people like my mom at a health system could use to engage her, her employees. And that's what my focus was like. How can we get more people involved? How can we get more people engaged in their holistic approach to well-being? But then I look at that and my purpose started to like build and learn on that foundation of what can we do more with what we have for others and to serve that purpose. When I think about your journey of the things you've been through, and I mean, I remember us having conversations when you were hitting the road and selling and pharmaceuticals and the kids were playing and you're, you're coaching games and you're doing something. I have no idea how you balance it all. But that time spent on that growth mindset and digging in and figuring out your purpose. To me, that's one of those foundational things that we need to talk about more, especially as leaders, as dads, as husbands. How do we go about continuing doing that? So talk to me a little bit about how you found your passion and that purpose side of things. Honestly, I feel like I found this old magazine, and this is hopefully not too far off the topic, but I found this old magazine and it was an article. It was an interview I did when I was a freshman at Iowa. And they asked like what my future plans were. And I said that I wanted to be a teacher. We laugh at it now because Michelle's like, oh, you're going into a profession that, you know, it's a little bit underpaid. And I was like, yeah, I know, but that's what I want to do. I wanted to inspire kids because I remember being inspired by a teacher. You know, I have an English degree and I learned to love English because of this teacher that I had. And she really invested in me. Like she really said, hey, your, your mind is in such a place where like you can really understand this stuff. So I really loved Shakespeare. That was kind of my thing. And I wanted to be a teacher. I wanted to inspire people. And I know like as an athlete, we can inspire people, right? You know, people still come up to me to this day and say, hey, you're my favorite Hawkeye. You know, I love the way you play. How do we use that now? Like I'm not that player anymore, but I know there's still that influence. And so finding my purpose was one of those things that as I started to establish habits, there seemed to just be a lot of doors kind of opening up. For me, the most important things I had to do was really align myself in my faith and have that first and foremost. And I think when you align yourself in that way, things are revealed to you, your purpose is revealed to you, and there's these doors that open for you. So I look at that change in me, obviously giving me access to different people and telling people my story and then really seeing how my story inspired people whether we're talking about how Michelle and I almost got divorced or how I really was an ego-driven person where most people probably don't feel that way about me. But if you saw the behind the scenes, like everything was about me and that's where I really started to falter. And so this realignment with my faith and having a personal relationship with God, like really it allowed me to bloom. 
and it allows so many doors to open. And so I've really found my purpose. I wouldn't even say found it. I would just say like my purpose was buried for a very long time because of my own self-indulgence and ego. Once I said, hey, you know, I've got to realign myself this way. I've got to establish better habits. And all of a sudden that purpose that was there in the beginning, it was revealed again. And now I just have this platform or we have this platform as a family to touch so many people in so many different communities. And so I truly feel like it comes in waves. There's ups and downs. And sometimes your purpose, it may not seem like you're going in the right direction, but if you have balance, if you have peace, if you have that relationship with God and, and you're in tune with your faith, those kind of things reveal themselves. And so that's really kind of where I'm at, man. I, we took a crap storm that was our marriage at the time, and we turned it into something that I think can be so beneficial, not only to our community here in Iowa, but like I said before, in, in Sacramento and Portland and wherever McKenna's at too, we'll be able to make an impact. So let's talk about balance. And you and I, we talk about mind, body, and spirit, and whether it be your faith or, or what you believe in, that mind, body, and spirit is something that, especially for men's health, I'm trying to put an emphasis on, on my health in 2024, getting back in that playing shape and, and thinking about, that was a joke if he's out there, but like looking at that and saying, you know, men's health to us is very important and like trying to figure out, getting our friends and saying, listen, hey, let's get to the doctor. Let's have a primary care physician. Let's focus on making sure you're taking care of yourself. In that mind, body, and spirit mindset, how are you balancing all those things with all the wonderful things that you have going on with your life right now? You know, the one thing that is key is when you're on your own clock, having the ability to set my own hours and what I do now definitely helps. But even in the nine to five, you just have to carve those things out. I think there needs to be one, if you're in a, a marriage or committed relationship, sharing with your partner how important that is to you, because sometimes you need that accountability. And sometimes it's your spouse. Sometimes it's maybe a workout partner, a best friend. For me, Bible study friends really help out. But I've really set my day up where each day is geared for something different. Today was a film day for the show. We filmed an episode today on marriage with Michelle and I. And like, I knew like with this too, like this is what my day is. So Tuesday is usually my day where I just focus on the podcast, the social media things, getting in tune with my social media manager or my marketing manager and try to figure out what's next. And then other days, you know, I have days that are really just committed to me where I go and work out, I'll go get a massage, kind of chill, you know, maybe Michelle and I go out to lunch or something like that. And we try to have one of those days a week, just like where it's, it's just yourself. She goes to the masseuse as well. And so we have those days where we just focus on ourselves. And then obviously there's parts of each day as a basketball coach where I'm doing scouting and those kind of things, but I really segment my day. And if I'm going to be here doing something with basketball, like I'm locked in, close my office door and I'm in that and say, Hey, I got a two hour block to really do that. So I really try to, to manage that. And then when it comes to the end of the day, and I've said this to my coach, I said it to the tour the other day, as we were walking out of the gym, I'm like, don't call me tonight. <laughs> you know, like, I don't want to hear anything. So it's really owning my time that allows me to, I feel, stay balanced. It allows me to keep my energy up. I've got a personal trainer, so that helps too, to get out of the bed and, and into the gym. But I really dedicated like each and every day to something and I try to maximize that. And, and honestly, like the weekend hits, if we don't have anything going on, it's Michelle and I are just kind of chilling or 
you know, we'd have a date night and stuff like that. It's really just about owning the time. And obviously I'm in a different place as a parent too, you know, McKenna's a senior. So you get a little bit more freedom <laughs> when kids are old and they're adults. And so that kind of plays into the state that I am at as well, where some of my good friends are not. So they still got the running around to do with all the kids. Yeah. Caroline is seven years old uh, this, <laughs> this week, trying to keep up with her. But that's continuous learning. And I, and I think that sometimes guys don't have that vulnerability to sit there and say, hey, I got to take a deep breath. I got to look at what I'm doing. I need to dig into my health. I need to dig into my mind and my spirit and look at that. And that's a process. It's time. It's commitment. You got to kind of love the process, right? When it comes to that. Yeah. When you've had a growth mindset in this continuous learning mentors in your life, who would you put out there as a mentor in your life that kind of helped you get to where you are today and foundationally? That's an interesting question. It's funny because we talked about that today. My high school coach, assistant coach, Greg Williams, he's been a confidant of mine since I was 15 years old, since he put me in the gym when I was a freshman and started working with me and really seeing a lot of potential in me from a basketball standpoint. Rich Walker, who was an assistant coach at Iowa and recruited me, Rich and I have been talking on a couple of different things, working together on a couple of different things to this day. And But even that is working with young adults, working with football players at the University of Iowa, working with a family in Texas who has this top ranked recruit and they're trying to figure out this whole recruiting landscape, the NIL stuff. So Rich has really kind of plugged me in to be able to work with different people in that respect. And honestly, those two have been two of my, my biggest mentors and who I lean on. And most recently, guys like Jordan Montgomery of Montgomery Companies, who I work with, David Nurse, who's also uh, you know, a podcaster, author, Mark Wise, who actually is our, both Chris and Keegan's financial advisor. He was just ranked one of the, the top financial advisor in the state of Indiana and one of the top 100 in the country. He's someone who has a plethora of professional athletes that he manages, but this guy's from such humble beginnings in Indiana. His spirit is so good for me because here's this man with all the success and all of these connections. But the reality is he's just a small town guy that loves to help people. And so being able to tap into each and one of those people at different moments is key for me because I think each one of them plays a different role in my life at different times. And I cannot forget to mention Pastor Jason Price. He's a campus pastor for Elevation Church in, in North Carolina. And Jason and I physically have only been together twice, but we met over a Bible study group during COVID and our relationship just blossomed and we've been able to help each other through some pretty tough times. So having all these different people in my life has really been a collaboration of who I am today and, and what I try to continue to pass on is really a byproduct of them investing in me. You think about sending your two boys off to the NBA and into big cities, new coaches, new experiences. When you think about surrounding them with mentors, you think about surrounding them with the right people in their lives to assist them. What have you taught them or what have you brought to what you've learned to them as they're moving forward in their lives and their growth? I'm gonna tell you this, and this may sound crazy too, but the best thing that ever happened for Chris and Keegan when it comes to their basketball development was my taking a step back and just becoming dad and not coach because I coached them from day one. I actually started the AAU program because I wasn't happy or I wasn't impressed with 
the teaching that was going on in AAU when they were in fourth grade. You know, you're talking 16 years ago or whatever it was. And so I started my own AAU program. So I coached them all the way through AAU. I was always their coach, except their last year, going into their senior year of high school, you know, and then obviously going to DME and being here while they were there. Like that was really a tough thing for me to give up that role as basketball coach, but it in turn helped our relationship as father and sons. So for me, it was, they always had really good coaches. Tanner Carlson, who was their AAU coach for the Barnstormers, she's still been locked in and connected with them. Coach, we saw Malsus, who was their head coach at DME. Like that man, he prepared Chris and Keegan mentally to play in the Big Ten. He prepared them mentally to be professional athletes. And that was something that I couldn't do. And then now, obviously, in the NBA, I, I joke about it like, hey, I don't know what, what it's like to play in the NBA, so I really can't coach them. I know who they are and what they do. I know certain things about them that I think can help. But honestly, it was the toughest thing, but I knew it was one of those things that I had to do. Chris kind of called me to the carpet on it. We had an incident with his senior year and I kicked him out of practice. You know, we had this big to do and we sat down in the head coach's office and I was like, I don't know if I should be doing this. You know, maybe I should step back. We came home, had a family meeting with all the kids and Michelle and Keegan was like, no, dad, you know, we need you. And but Chris said, listen, he goes, you don't compliment us the way you compliment other people. And he goes, I get it. Like, we're the best players on the team and that kind of thing. But it's still nice to know, like, hey, good job, good play, whatever. Rewards and recognition is nice every now and then, you know, from Absolutely. dad. And like, yeah, reward and recognition. Just like at work, nice reward, recognition, little consistent messaging that you're valued. And like what you're doing is being seen and dad or your manager or whatnot. Yeah, you want to emphasize the importance of that, man. I love it. Yeah. So we said when we step in the gym, this coach player, when we step out of the gym, it's father, son. And if we have any basketball talk, you guys bring it up. I'm not going to bring it up. And so that really leads into like the second E, and that's evaluate. You have to evaluate where you are. The habits you establish, you have to evaluate them. What's still working for me? What's not working for me? And at that point in time, I say, okay, what's working? in this situation with me as their coach, as their dad, and really try to come back and say, okay, like I need to take a step back because this isn't working anymore. And that's one of the biggest things that continues. It's like your diet or even your performance at work. Like, are the things that you're doing now really helping you? Are they hampering you? And you have to be honest because the evaluation process, it's one where you have to look yourself in the mirror and really be transparent and honest with yourself in order to make the changes that you need to make to live a good life and to be a good person. It's really something that I think you have to do every day and you have to do it at different times in your life too, because what worked for us at 25 doesn't work for us at 45. And that's just part of the process. So keep going down that line on the evaluation side, after you've evaluated, what's our next step, your next pillar? Yeah, so establish habits and you evaluate those habits, right? So you evaluate what's working, what's not working, and then then you have to execute the change, right? You execute the change after that. And then the last one is you have to evolve. That's part of this. Once again, we're not the same. We're meant to evolve. I mean, that's just the human race, right? So you have to take a personal stake in your own evolution. And that's, once again, like I said, evaluating what's working for you and what's not, what's working for your family, what's not, what's working in your profession, what's not, and be honest with it. And then sometimes you have to make the hard decision that, okay, like I like this, but it's not helping me. So I have to get rid of it. 
And that can be very hard because it's real easy for us to fall back into those old habits. And so, as you can see, it's just a constant circle of growth that you're in. You know, I'm in that system now, like we're going to be empty nesters. So what does that look like? What does a day in the life of Kenyon and Michelle Murray look like when you don't have any kids in the house? And we just kind of were talking about like, hey, let's map out 2024 as far as what we want to do. So, yeah, so it's, it's constant and it has to be front of mind, too, because if you're not thinking about it, that's when it's easy to fall back into the traps that can hold you back. So, yeah, man, those are my four E's of, of personal growth. And I've heard you talk about this before. And the evolve side of thing is where I would say the level of concentration is where I'd like to get more people to, right? When we think about evolving what we've done at Navigate, evolving the well-being space from just doing a biometric screening and that was it. That was wellness. Or doing an HRA that was 120 questions that no one would really answer honestly, really. But evolving that to really think about the whole person and that whole person comes to work, rather it be their balance, their nutrition, their purpose, their physical, their work, their career, all those different things that we talk about in the holistic side of well-being. Because what we want to do is we want to cultivate a wonderful culture, surround you with care, use technology for good, then look at that data and that insights and use that and say, how can we help you along your pathway? And then with five different generations in the workforce right now, it's like, that's different for everybody. And so how can we really personalize that evolution and provide those right resources at the right time to people? And for me, you got to continually evolve. One of the things that inspires me is our young people at Navigate when we're doing our Navigate You, which is our personality assessment. And they're sending me their results. I'm sending them my results. We're able to compare those two. And I walk into a meeting, I've got insight on people's personality. The more people that we hire, the more people that we're, we're helping. And to me, that helps cultivate communication. It helps cultivate inclusion. It helps cultivate a purpose of why we're here. That's evolving the strategies around well-being and creating great workplaces. And that's the foundation of what I think about what you're doing and all the things that you have going on in your life, the podcast, the TV show, keeping up with your kids and, and you building out your legacy. There's a sliver of doing good in every single one of those things that you're doing. And I think, you know, in time, I just think people need to spend a little bit more time in that evolution of thinking about how we can do a little bit more, but it's like taking a step back and look at those tools a little bit. And I think that's hard though. You talk about five generations, like you're talking about Gen Zers and that kind of stuff. So to create an environment where everybody can prosper, like that's so challenging because of that. And then you have some people that are like, I am the way I am. I'm not going to change. And, you know, I've been this way for 30 years. And we need to create that psychological safe work environment for those folks. I'm right with you, Kenny. I'm sorry to interrupt you, but like, how do we cultivate that sense of belonging to everybody to understand that work? Like you belong no matter what you belong. And then how, how can we help you cultivate that one, that safe environment? And then how can we help elevate you or evolve you to where you want to go and help you in that growth path? That's a mindset that I really continue. Like that's a road of inspiring work. And I've seen you do that with Chris. I've seen you do that with Keegan and Demetrius going into coaching. I don't know what he's thinking, but I mean, like, you know, getting that done is crazy, but bless his heart for doing that. But I continue to think about leaving that legacy and your podcast, leaving a legacy. So I want to end with this. When you think about leaving your legacy, what does that mean to you? And what does that mean to your family? And how are you evolving that message as you 
have this platform as a dad of all Americans, a dad of two NBA players and, and a great coach and a great daughter and a, and a wonderful wife. How are you evolving that leave your legacy message? Well, it's one of those things where even when we didn't have the platform or we didn't have the resources that we do now, we always made it a point that life is about experiences and not about things. And how we're trying to foster that in our kids, obviously, you know, they're young and they're focused on like Chris and Keegan focused on being basketball players. You know, Demetrius is focused on, you know, trying to be the best coach he can be. McKenna's trying, you know, still trying to figure it out. But what we're trying to show them is that you can leave a mark on this world, whether or not you have resources or not. And leave your legacy. It really was born out of the idea that it doesn't matter where you were born, where you grew up, what your profession is. You're leaving a legacy for someone. There is someone that's looking to you for guidance. There's someone that's looking to you as inspiration. And so with our kids, you have to take every moment, which I think is one of the reasons why they're great fans. They used to hate it when they would come to games at Iowa because I would be talking to everybody and they're like, well, dad's gone again, you know, but it's those same people that I would stop and talk to that embraced Chris and Keegan when they got to Iowa. And so for me, it's leaving a legacy of kindness, leaving a legacy of empathy with people and also leaving a legacy for us is understanding that there are some people that just aren't as well off as we are. So what can we do to help uplift them? Like Chris and Keegan have both said it. You never know. Like sometimes that fan, they waited, they watched the game, they waited for 45 minutes, an hour just to shake your hand or get a picture with you. So make that moment special for them because you never know what they're dealing with. Prime example, and I don't want to take too much on this story, but Chris and Keegan, fall of 2018. We're doing senior pictures and we're on top of one of the uh, parking garages in downtown Cedar Rapids. And we're kind of in the corner and I see this young man kind of walking towards the edge and I'm just kind of looking at him like it just didn't didn't seem right. Right. And so my wife, you know, she's got her antennas up. She's like, what is he doing? So I just kind of walk over to him like, hey, you know, what's going on? And this young man who's in his 20s and homeless starts to tell me about how rough his life has been. So he was literally sitting on the edge, looking down at the ground, which we're up about five or six stories. And we just got to talking. And through that, he came down, we started talking. He was like, hey, you know, do you need anything? He's like, I literally was about to end my life right there. And so you never know how you can change somebody's life. And that's the one thing that we want to do. Like, we don't need fanfare on anything like that. We just know that there's people out there that need us. We don't know where they are. So we want to try and, and one, grow this platform big enough where people know that if they need help and we can assist them, like we're going to be there for them. That's why we want to reach out and touch not only Cedar Rapids and Iowa City, but Sacramento and Portland or wherever we end up. Because leaving a legacy for our family is we want to be able to connect people and families in our communities with the resources that will help them thrive. Like that's basically the mission statement for our nonprofit. We want to connect people and families with the resources they need to thrive. And it's never ending because there's always going to be people that need us. So we know that regardless of what we do, there's still going to be more that needs to be done. And if we can recruit people on this journey with us to help impact communities and, and help families, then we're going to do it. And that's really what 
we're trying to do with all of this. And the kids will come along. They don't get it all right now, but as they get married and have kids and things like that, I think it'll start to sink in. But I think they all have good hearts and they understand that we are blessed and we have to bestow the blessings that God has given us on the people that need them. So Kenyon, we're coming up on your 50th birthday here in the middle of December. As you're evolving, we've always talked about that one little thing that we can do again and again and again to kind of maybe help ourselves build that habit, establish that habit. Go with me on that a little bit. As you turn 50, I just want to say that again, 50, (laughs) what are you doing to evolve and what little things are you doing to kind of help cultivate a growth mindset as you move on to that 5-0? I only said it four times. Yeah, it's all good. It's all good. I'm embracing it, man. I, I love it. I think I'm just getting started at 50, honestly. But one of the things that personal goal for 2024 is to start writing a book. We've got one idea in the works when it comes to like our family type journey. I like the idea of raising all Americans as the title, but I don't know if that really goes well. But then also I want to write books about the things I speak about. You know, you talk about the four E's, you talk about the Murray Family Pillars or Faith Family Foundation, and you have Dream to Be Great. Like there's so many things that I guess I'm, I'm surrounded by so many people that have written books that have really inspired me and continue to inspire the people. Like that's one of the things that I, I really want to be part of 2024 for me is to start the process of writing my first book, because that's a goal of mine too, is to read more. I have all these one, like I said, I have all these wonderful mentors that have all these great books out there and I haven't read all of them, you know? And so I know that's a big part of, of learning and growing too, is immersing yourself with knowledge. And that's a big thing for me going into this new year and, and turning 50. But also one of the things that I have is, and I don't know how I can do this. I don't know how I'll ever be able to do this, but I repropose to my wife for renewing our vows this summer on our family vacation. And we'll be celebrating 25 years. And so well done. I want to be the best person for her. Right. That's my goal. Like I messed up enough over these last 24 years of marriage. And, you know, if there's anybody that deserves everything in this world, it's my wife. And so, you know, that's part of my evolution, too, is to become an even better husband to her, continue to lift her up. That's it for me, man. I'd like I just want to be the best husband I can be for her. and. And along the way, maybe write a book and, and figure it out. But but that's what 2024 looks like for me, along with all the other stuff and continue to hand off more responsibility to Chris and Keegan. That's 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 another goal of mine, too, so they could start adulting. But yeah, you know, I mean, not not too much. You know, I don't have a whole lot. Not too much. Yeah, no, no. Well, hey, I love having people meet you. People are going to dig in. The journey has been amazing to see. And I love the title Raising All Americans. I, I, I think you right. stick with that one. As we end our episode, we always end with the vest day ever. I do wear vests quite frequently, so we'll continue to do that. Just to remind ourselves and, and listen for and find the good around us. And so, Kenny, you, you got a lot of good wins in your life, but is there anything in particular personally that you're particularly proud of that you'd like to share as a, as a vest day ever? Yeah, I'm actually working on a project with a young lady. She's a prairie young lady. She's a junior this year. She played basketball for us last year, but she almost lost her life three years ago to an eating disorder. You know, and you couple that with some of the mental health things that she's had to deal with and and she's come back super strong. And so 
she's part of the Iowa Big program. And one of the things that they were doing there, they were creating this product and they were creating this website and all this kind of stuff. But her project kind of got shelved because, you know, how guys can be, you know, like, hey, we're going to do my project, not hers. But she's created these sweatshirts and t-shirts with different logos. And all of them have a certain meaning when it comes to mental health, especially the journey that she has been on and continues to be on because it's, it's still things she has to deal with daily. But we met uh, about a month ago and she came with some different designs. And so as we're launching the new network and a new TV show, we wanted to partner with somebody as kind of like our merch sponsor for different merch and stuff we do. But the project that she and I are going to be working on is she's going to create her own business, which I told her, you know, getting the LLC is, is not that hard. And then we're going to create a store and she's going, the store is going to have her designs. And then part of the profits that she gets off the store is going to go to one of the centers that helps her here in, in Iowa, at the University of Iowa hospitals. And so for me, like that's been really inspiring to work with her because she's been searching for her purpose and having almost lost her life. I've known her since she was, oh my gosh, like second grade. She's a junior now. And so so we know the family. And so for me, like, it's cool to see someone battle back and then just be truly inspired to try and give back to the people that helped her, but also help the people that are going through what she went through. And if this store blows up, more power to her. But that's one of the things I'm, I'm super excited about and, and honestly happy that we kind of started down that process of getting this thing done. And hopefully we'll be able to launch the store in January. Good for her. That's a good thing right there. So my good is I had the pleasure to serve on the board of directors at Blank Children's Hospital, the largest pediatric hospital in Iowa. And we just wrapped up our largest fundraiser of the year. The Navigate team was just absolutely fantastic. They helped the staff there. It was decorations. It was raising money. It was all these different things that building a, a tree that had a superhero theme around it about celebrating our doctors, our nurses, our EMT. and and also giving back to our veterans and the families of our veterans. And they just did a masterful job. And that whole gala, we found out today at our board meeting, I'm happy to convey that, that this year's gala raised over a million dollars for the kids of our community. And it's just amazing. This community of, of Iowa, of Des Moines, what people do, I feel amazingly blessed to be in this community, but the give back of time, energy, dollars, and the care that's put into this event to raise money for the care of the kids for the state of Iowa. It's just one of those things that I get so jacked up every single year when it happens. And our Navigate staff just hits it out of the park every single time with our fundraiser. And to raise over a million dollars at that gala was just amazing. And it's continuous growth every single year. We continue to learn at that gala. We continue to raise more dollars for the kids of Iowa. And it's just amazing. And this time of year, it's just a good feeling to have. So that's the best day ever for me, Kenyon. Honored to spend time with you, my friend. I'll see you in Iowa City soon. Keep doing good things. Thanks for being with us today. See you. Appreciate you having me. Absolutely. Have a good one. <laughs>